Baldy with Ubaldi Reports. With me is Joe Bitts. And just for our listeners' sake, both of us are combat enlisted Marines, and we're just talking about issues facing America, whether internationally or nationally. So how's it going, Joe? So I did want to talk to you about, okay, what is racism? And not, not personally or to you, but like in definition, what is racism? That's a good question. Racism is just that you have a bias against somebody, whether they're their ethnicity, their could be their gender, could be their. But when did gender come? Okay, okay, you're coming up with a whole bunch of things that I'm trying to get. Okay, let's tackle one at a time. You said race. You said gender. Normally, people when they think racism, it's race. It's yeah. Primarily race. We can go into the other stuff, but racism is you have a bias against a particular group of people based on their solely based on their race. So if you're black and you don't like Asians, are you a racist? Yeah. Okay. If you're white and you don't like Muslims, are you a racist? Yes. Okay. What group you belong to, if yeah. you do not like a certain people based solely on their their ethnicity, that's racism. So why is it that the white race has maybe a penance to pay for this? A lot of it has to go back to when the country was founded, we had slaves. Slavery was part of the beginning of American, the American country. And it was a dark period in our history. There's no bones about it. Yeah. But the other side has taken exceptions with it that there's some groups that talk about the 1619 project, which was America began in 1619 mm-hmm. with the, the importation and the first arrival of the first African slave into the American continent. Yeah. That's a false reading because America didn't establish itself until, this, as we all know, July 4th, 1776. Yeah. Now, a lot of people on the 1619 project said this Revolutionary War was fought over slavery. It wasn't. No, it was our, our independence from... It began in the 1760s, because in the 1750s, I think, I don't know the exact date, but I know it was in the late 1750s, it was the French-Indian War. England won against the French, which they captured all of Canada, but they were they they incurred a lot of debt for that. So what they did at the time prior to that, the colonies weren't really paying much taxes. After that that war, England needed money to pay that debt. So what they did is they raised taxes. That's where the, the, the statement came, no taxation without representation. Because we weren't represented, the parliament decided we're going to raise taxes on the American colonies. And that started the trend to the American Revolution. Okay, let's go back a little bit to when we're talking about racism, race being the number one, and then you said gender yeah, you can expend it. It discriminates solely on their gender. That could be a form of racism. But there's only two genders, right, John? Yeah. Now we've incorporated everything. But really, racism is based off of ethnicity. Maybe a little slight hot topic, but is is homosexuality, is that a, is that a gender or is that just a preference? That's That all depends where you sit on the political spectrum or where you sit on the religious spectrum. Some people think it's a preference. Some people think you're born that way. There's many different theories of what makes somebody homosexual. And so it's just like with transgender. That's their identity. That's what they identify with. We're in a different era than we ever been. And 
it's it all depends where you stand on that issue. So many things. Because what I was really getting at is that in also when the our current administration passed the stimulus package or the American First, whatever it's called, blah, 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 blah. And they're giving money to, it's called the SBS, SBS loan? I know. I think it's SBS. I'm not positive. I have to go back and look. But okay. what it was is they were giving loans to farmers. But the caveat was only... African American farmers could apply because they they were going to the wrong that happened to them decades ago, where black farmers were not given certain financial benefits that white farmers were given. Yeah, and but that's but that's illegal. Yeah, because even though what happened in the past, you can't discriminate. The federal government can't discriminate based on race. And right now, you're discriminating against a group based on race. And they're discriminating against white people, which is is, is baffling that it's just, I can understand maybe having a pecking order. You and I are really familiar with it when us being leaders, we eat last. We're the younger guys or the more... The pecking order should be, I got it what happened decades ago, the pecking order should be based off need. Race should have nothing to do with it. And if they... It's ironic. They're going against what Martin Luther King had preached. He goes, I want to be judged by the character, my character, not my skin color. Yeah. So you're basing something solely on a person's ethnicity. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand what happened decades ago. But what people need to also understand, you and I weren't born in the Jim Crow South. Yeah. I didn't own slaves. My family didn't own slaves. Nobody alive today owns slaves. I was born in the mid-60s. I don't remember the civil rights movement. I grew up in California. I'm not racist. I don't give a rat's ass if you're white, black, come from Pluto. I know Pluto's not a planet, yeah. but I don't care where you come from. I treat everybody as equal. I learned that in the Marine Corps. When I was in combat, I didn't give a rat's ass if the guy next to me was black, white, Hispanic, Puerto Rican. As long as he was protecting my ass and getting me home, that's yeah. all I cared about. Yeah, and that's how we were raised via military and stuff like that. I remember being in a big firefight. Mm -hmm. I didn't care the guy next to me. Well, you can't be next to me because you're black. Yeah. I could care less. He bleeds like I do. I just wanted to get home. And if he's going to protect me to help me get home and I'm going to help him get home. Mm -hmm. But when we play the identity politics, it splits the country because you become more radicalized each time. And that's where we've gone. If you look at our public discourse, it's everything is, I didn't get my way. And the Washington Examiner had a good article today, and it talks about how the Democratic Party looks at African Americans as feeble. That if you don't get ahead, it's got to be because of race. Instead of saying, maybe if you didn't get ahead, did you start maybe to look at something you did. And mm -hmm. what we talked about in our previous podcast is when they look at these American cities, they've been run by Democrats longer than both of us have been alive. So when you have a strong mayor form of government, they control or have great influence who sits on the boards, who sits on the commission, who's going to be elected to the city council, who's going to be elected to the school boards. And if you look at these cities, they're just horribly fiscally mismanaged. Yeah. When you have 70% of African-American and Hispanic children are deficient at grade level. Yeah. Look at Baltimore. 
third highest per pupil spending on education. And they had a report, I think, months ago, nine out of 13 high school with 3,000 students each. Not one student was able to pass the equivalency to grade level in math or English. Not one. But yet the school board CEO... She makes a quarter of a million dollar salary, and each of her school board members makes a high six-figure salary. Yeah. Has anybody asked them, why do you make so much money when your school system is, is in a despicable state? I think it goes to, uh, so back in the military, for like you and I, they had to spend every single cent that they got. If they didn't, that means they would just get less the next fiscal year. Because there was, you didn't spend it that $5. So guess what? You're going to have, you're going to be $5. You're going to have $5 less next year because we know you can still do what you need to do. So I think maybe in that part, they're just maybe beefing up or overdoing their salary. Yeah, but even in the military, that's when it comes to budgeting. Yeah. But when it comes to physical fitness, do you had to show that a good portion of your unit passed the physical fitness test? Oh, yeah. I was on command and we monitored it all that. We looked at and we, I remember there was one unit we questioned. It's like, why is this many Marines did not do the, the physical fitness test? You get a certain percentage that's either sick, injured. So you have a percentage that just can't do it. But they had a, their percentage was higher than normal. Mm-hmm. So we had to ask them, why is it that these many Marines were unable to do the physical fitness test? What are the reasons? So the unit had to go down line by line and tell us why that Marine could not pass or even do a partial physical fitness test. So maybe let's go back into when you're talking about the, the pay, okay? Because I think that the pay is something that should be you know, considered because why is this person getting paid so much if they're doing such a poor job? And I think that's a... That's an accountability issue. Yeah, because and I think it's also done maybe like through the city council or the mayor or whatnot, because like I know here in, in Tampa, like the mayor has to put before the city council in order if she wants to get a raise. She does. But also, if you're the mayor and you're a lifelong activist in that city, you can control who gets on the city council. Yeah. I'm not saying they, they pick their people. But when it comes to campaign contributions, they can pressure other groups not to donate. They can make it harder. You notice that it's harder for an outsider or somebody with no political experience to run for public office. It's very, I know Donald Trump got, okay, got it, but he had extreme name recognition. You talk about that you wanted to run for the mayor of Tampa. Okay, but you would not make it. Not that you don't have good ideas. Not that you're not a good candidate is nobody knows who you are. It's a popular, I think, going to the lowest form of government, I guess you would say mayor or is a dog catcher. But I think being a mayor is just all about a popular, it's a popularity contest. It's it's almost like it's almost like a high school a prom queen king kind of selection. You well, just, it is, and then it isn't. Being mayor of a city like Tampa, Tampa has a strong mayor form of government, meaning the mayor and the city council run the government. Some cities, like it takes Sacramento, which is a big city, but it's odd that it has a city manager form of government. Mm -hmm. The city council and the mayor, they have their roles, but the real power relies on the city manager. That little, we have a little town next to us called Oldsmar. That's a part-time mayor. But the power to do things to make the key decisions 
relies on the city manager. Yeah. So in a major metropolitan city like Chicago, Baltimore, Washington, Tampa, Orlando, it's all strong mayor form of government. So when they get in, they control the budget. And you got in these big major metropolitan cities, the budget is enormous on a lot of these areas. So is it just, okay, here we go. Is it just another form of organized crime? Okay, because in a way you can say that, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting money. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this person's gonna be my, I'm gonna pay him this. Okay, okay, I'm not saying to correlate that now. Look at the direction of the federal government now. Okay, it was one way under President Trump. Look where Joe Biden is going with it because now he controls the levers of power. Like when he, like his Justice Department can do, can decide we're gonna go after this group. This is our focus. It's just in a different realm. It's about power, power and money. I think it's always been a power, even coming down to the pandemic. So us being in Florida, hey, we're open. We've been open for business for, I think, our governor. I, I like our governor. Since May of yeah, 2020. Yeah, he's okay. 15 days. Let's go back. All right. We did your 15 days. You wanted government. Let's. We're going back to normal. And it's still, if Florida shut down for two weeks and we're still not, 100 percent and so florida 15 days you have a lot of other countries down for i don't know a year how well, long is it how long is it going to take for them to get back to normal look at some of the states in in america you have ron DeSantis reopen the state as best he could with the guidelines he was given yeah in may of 2020 other states like california the governor and you got the governor Whitmer of Michigan, Governor Newsom of California, Governor Murphy of New Jersey, Governor Cuomo of New York took emergency powers onto themselves. They opened some businesses, but not others. Yeah. Look at the restaurant industry. The restaurant and hospitality is still reeling from the clo- the shutdown. Yeah. You can't just shut down an economy entirely and not expect some problems getting restarted again. Hence why they're doing this SBS, SBA loan or whatever this loan is. And they're giving businesses as as little as $5 million to just revamp and get your business. Yeah, it's not as easy as that. Even the business I have. The business you're, you have, hmm. you can't just start because you're focused doing this thing this way. Yeah. You can't just turn around your business. Some businesses are able to do it, but look at um, the retail sector, Amazon, Walmart, Target. They were able, but some hiccups, I know Amazon was more better prepared, but they did online shopping. Hmm. Some of the other small business, it's hard for them to do. They had to revamp everything. Yeah. Restaurants. Okay, I work at Chick-fil-A. Before the pandemic, 36% of their business came from inside the store, Mm -hmm. inside the restaurant itself. After the pandemic broke, they had a a very robust and innovative uh, system in in their drive-thru. They have the kids outside. They take the time. You're in and out in a few minutes. They should run a COVID line still. Okay. But even today... You still don't, even during the lunch, it's not that busy inside the store. Everybody, I can tell you, the drive-thru is, is is packed. Yeah. We give call-outs. Four, we got four cars in line. We got cars backed up to the uh, the dumpster. Cars backed up to the parking lot. That means you got to throw more food down. You got to get moving. Yeah. And we're drawing to get them in and get them out. Yeah. But a lot of restaurants go to a sit-down restaurant where they're not set up for drive-through. They had to revamp 
everything. And by doing that, they didn't need as many employees. Like we go to a restaurant called Wing House. Yeah. They did drive up, but they take out, but they didn't need a lot of people. Yeah. So they had to lay some people off. They brought a lot of them back, but not everybody's fully back. So going back into Ron DeSantis in Florida, and we're talking about racism, and we can probably get into media a little bit. The problem is the media exacerbates the problem. Now, we've been going through after the riots were started because of the George Floyd killing, mm-hmm. and that was reprehensible to watch that. Well, hold on, but watch yep. that on, te- on television. But the media thinks, and they put the narrative that African Americans are being shot like every day by the police. Yeah. And the data doesn't support that. The FBI crime statistics stated that there's more whites are killed by police than African Americans. Mm-hmm. But that's not the message that is going out there. And you see the entertainment world, you see the, me- the, the obviously the media, the public figures like Le- LeBron James star. Here we go again. But they don't say anything when the seven-year-old little girl, African-American, was killed. Not with her father. Her father was wounded, but she was killed in a McDonald's parking lot. You go to some of these urban centers like Baltimore, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, Oakland, D.C., Chicago is a prime example. There's more killings of black-on-black crime, and the, the data supports that by the FBI crime statistics. But nobody says anything about that. Okay, but okay, maybe think of it from their point of view. I think you and I are personally different, but it would be like calling out. Okay, it would be like not ratting out, but it would be calling out your own. Me working at the post office, let's just say someone doesn't deliver a few pieces of mail. And they're important. And if that was caught by management, they would be you know, foaming at the mouth to fry that person or get them fired or whatnot. But if I catch it, I go to the person and I say, hey, we're going to we're going to take care of this between you and I. You watch yourself. So what my analogy with that is, if there's black and black crime, a black person calling out that black and black crime is like them ratting out their. But see, the thing is, this issue with racism is far deeper than we're looking at. Is there racism in America? Yes. Yeah. That's human nature. Not saying I agree with it, but it's there. But to say one group is racist more than the other, like we said last night in a podcast or on Ubaldi Brief, who's more racist, Republicans or Democrats? If you look at it, Republicans are seen as the racist party, where Democrats are seen as the enlightened party. But if you look at the policies of the Democratic Party, they do more harm to the minority community, like California, which I always attest to because I was born and raised there. I got family there. The energy policy of California, when they went to this Green New Deal, their version of New Green Deal, makes energy more expensive. That means heating, cooling, all these other things are more expensive for low income of the minority community. An African-American and Hispanic, and this is from the new geography that stated an African-American and Hispanic does far worse in California than any other state in the union. But California is a solid blue state. Going with that, you're mentioning like the areas and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know why they do it, but it just, it just came to mind is that in urban and neighborhoods, Hispanic and black, that they charge more for food. And, and that's going like from the chain restaurants all the way from grocery stores to fast food. They, they have, they know the better, or I guess you would say the nicer neighborhoods 
have a lower cost to their goods and services than, say, in an urban. Now, I would have to look up that, that claim they're making. Not of saying course. I'm not believing you. I would have, because I know there's a lot of variables, because working at a restaurant, like I said, I work at Chick-fil-A, and there's sometimes we run out of things. Mm. It, it could be supply chain a disruption. It could be, depends how their supply chain is working. I don't know why, but a lot of the problems, say, with all the riots, like when they had the riots in Minneapolis, they went after a Target, and they cost... They looted the Target, and Target lost $3 million. Yes, guaranteed themselves never to have another Target there again. Target, because they've always wanted the box stores yeah. in these communities, but the box stores are saying, we're not going in there because every time you guys get upset or something happens, I didn't do it, so you Target the store, and we're losing money. So we're like, uh-uh. So is there still maybe rioting or all this stuff going on, protesting? It's just yeah. that, but- Lack of media coverage is why we not we're not really. Um... Well, there's protests been going on since the George Floyd riot, and maybe even be before that in Portland. And then the federal government, the Department of Justice, is dropping almost all charges against all the rioters in Portland. So basically, if you if you're a rioter or you rioted on January 6th, that's reprehensible. To I think it was an embarrassment. I was disgusted by what I saw. But why are you prosecuting those rioters, but not the rioters who caused $3 billion across America? You can't have it both ways. You're either going to prosecute them all or you're going to let everybody go, but not let these guys go, but I'm going to prosecute them. Yeah. So we got a few minutes left, but what are some questions you might want to maybe impose or to maybe have the listeners maybe feedback to us? I would just like to, depends where you live, look at your community. Really look at your community, especially if you come from a major metropolitan area. Is America systemically racist? Yeah. Is the Republican Party systemically racist? Or is it just failure of democratic pol policy over the decades? Hmm. Remember, we, we are slowly coming out of the pandemic. The yeah. teachers union are controlling the reopening of schools. Mm. So pretty much like we had Lance Christensen on, an expert in education. Yeah. When they kids go back in, let's say, August or September, they potentially could have lost a one year and a half of schooling. And there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to reopen come August. Yeah, and that's really quite impactful. Any parent knows if they keep their kid home during the summer, there is... You lose a little bit. Yeah, you lose a little bit. Now you're talking about a year and a half. Of learning by Zoom. Yeah. And how many... I got a friend who's a single mom. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she lives in Florida. When the pandemic first happened, they closed the school for the summer. She had to stay home. So she had to make adjustments. She had to get federal assistance. She is lucky that she was able to send her kid to school. But she told me if it wasn't for that, she would go on welfare because she needed to be home with her son. She didn't have anybody to send him in. She couldn't afford daycare. It's just we got to make sure that our listeners know that there's things out there in order to get more feedback from them and they can reach out to us. So how can they? They can do that by going to Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. Or you can go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, type in Ubaldi reports. 
Or if you go to Facebook, we have Ubaldi Reports Group. Leave a message what you think of this podcast or any podcast. We're also in the process of doing live streaming of this podcast. We tried it once. We got to get some bugs worked out, and that includes equipment. So we're going to hopefully get that started again. But, Joe, why don't you tell our listeners something else we're doing? We're going to start recording some uncensored podcasts for listeners who want to contribute to the show via Patreon. It's going to be called Ubaldi Reports Declassified. It's just a very, it's going to be a very uncensored, very opinionated podcast where John and I can let you know how we really feel. We like want to separate the two. We just want to leave it to policy and facts on this show. Where on this other show, the Ubaldi Reports Declassified, you're going to get a very like uh, raw look at what John and I have to say, especially what's going on in our current administration. Believe us, we will talk you know, about our previous administration as well and the climate and you know where the where the country's going, especially now with this woke coach, woke culture and them and these people trying to cancel or in this cancel culture. With that being said, everybody have a great day and keep listening to Ubaldi reports. <laughs>